joining us once again for a spooky ooky month of halloween scares on finding monster right show about finding monsters right right whether in uh, the king arthur era or in your own backyard there's a a, a a creature a critter that's not neither of those things it's a man and that man is named jack my name is adam uh hey listen after we record this episode uh do you want to order some uh, some vietnamese food uh, you mean like some pho? Yeah, but if we get pho, I want to get it without paying. And the base has to be a sautéed meat alternative. And I want it served to me by a giant. Uh, I want yeah. free fried pho pho. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's the bit for the episode, ladies and, and germs and others. Reading over these stories, I... <laughs> the stories about Jack, Jack's tales. I, I like I said, all right, who was the person that had the really long... Fee-fi-fo-fum bits. Who do you think? <laughs> and I'm like, oh, right. <laughs> so, so uh, yes, uh, we're exploring the the fables related to the character of Jack, who uh, is kind of a, an everyman hero, right? He's kind of an everyman, but he's more of a, uh, he's more of a, a trickster type. Yeah, there's a certain word for his archetype. Uh, stock character, that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a trickster and or rebel, according to Wikipedia. I, I like I like not picking one of those two. That's very rebellious and tricksy. Yeah. Of Wikipedia. Uh, hero? Is he a hero? Is he a villain? Who knows? Someone was editing this page and they were like, what would Jack do? I like how we also referenced fu and stock characters in like the same sentence. Yeah. Oh, uh, because soup. Yes. Very good. And Very good. Th- th- to, to you naysayers out there, of course Jack has a Halloween roots and vibes. Uh, y- y- you know, the Jack-O-Lantern, of course. Uh, but there are, there are many tales <laughs> that feature Jack. You know several of them already, I bet. But if there's one thing that can be said... You don't know Jack. How to grift heaven and hell. Absolutely. We're going to teach you how to grift heaven and hell through learning and fablery. Yep, uh, this, uh, we're gonna explore the adventures of this Cornish hero. So there's, a I count, in our collections, we've gathered, uh, 11 Jack stories. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I have six minor Jack stories and, like, five major ones. And I gave all of my 11 Jack stories, uh, equal importance. <laughs> but let's start yeah. with a, uh, let's start with Jack's childhood. Yes, uh, you may have heard this tale of uh, a boy named Little Jack Horner. Little Jack Horner. Well, Adam, what's Little Jack Horner uh, about? What kind of dinosaurs is this kid digging up? <laughs> well, well, uh, he's digging up, is a plum a dinosaur? Horseradish isn't an instrument either. <laughs> no, yeah, so uh, Little Jack Horner, he sat in a corner and he ate a pie. And uh, he stuck his thumb in the pie and he pulled out a plum. And he's like, what a good boy am I? Adam, you could have just read it. <laughs> you didn't have to summarize it. It's only six lines long. So we're looking at arranging these stories kind of chronologically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, this one's first on my list for a few reasons. One, uh, Jack is a little boy. Mm-hmm. Two, it's Christmas. He's eating a Christmas pie. It's a time of innocence. Hmm. This is the beginning of Jack's arc, because not only is a innocent boy, but he's specifically of good alignment. There you go, yeah. Oh, are we going to wind up with a D&D character sheet for Jack <laughs> by the end of this? I Well, he gets a bunch of magic stuff at some point. Oh, yeah, So yeah. It, it, it's possible. We'll talk, we'll talk, we'll talk. Uh, okay, uh, what are some other stories from Jack's childhood? Uh, I wanted to talk about Jack and Gil. Mm. That's not the letter I know. No, it's not. No, it's not. The proper name is Jack and Jill. But originally, uh, in the earliest versions of the rhyme, Jill was spelled Gill, and the accompanying woodcut showed two boys at the foot of the hill. Jack said trans rights. (laughs) All right. Hell yeah. So Jack and Gill, or no, no, I'm going to refuse to dead name this person. 
Jack and Jill went up the hill to fetch a pail of water. Jack fell down and broke his crown, and Jill came tumbling after. And then there's more. <laughs> yeah, the, I, I was surprised to learn the, the story goes on. Up Jack got and home did trot as fast as he could caper. Went to bed to mend his head with vinegar and brown paper. Break it down. <laughs> now, vinegar and brown paper. Is that the new yeah. leather and lace? <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like it. Uh, but yeah, no. Then, uh, then Jill came in and she did grin to see his paper plaster. Mother vexed did whip her next for causing Jack's disaster. Which, yeah, no, Adam, I don't know if you know this, but a lot of trans people don't get along with their parents. <laughs> I, I think it was more about the injury that was caused to him. That's probably where a, a bad relationship blossomed from. Well, right? he, here's the thing. Jill's getting blamed for shit that she did not do. You're right. Uh, Jack was uh, kind of fucking around. He fell down and broke his crown. It could have been any reason. Could have just tripped or hit a branch. Why are these little kids getting water for their mom, who is clearly physically capable of whipping them? <laughs> she's yeah, she's definitely physically capable. Which is, uh, that, that's, yeah. Uh, so I think that uh, the part of the story that I really, like, stuck to was the broke his crown bit. Okay. Because bef before this, we identified Jack as a good aligned little boy. But then something... He suffered an injury to his, the head, <laughs> and oh. he later goes on to be a trickster and a rogue type, and I think this is the kind of origin of that. Okay, okay, I have I have a thing for this. Yeah? So originally, when I was writing my chronology, which I already did before the episode because I kind of <laughs> jumped the gun, but I put uh, Jack and Jill first, and then I put Jack be nimble. Whoa, I have Jack and Nimble very late in my story. Ooh, really? Because yes, here's my take is, okay, well, let's just read that. Jack be Nimble, yeah, let's Jack go, be let's Quick. Jack, oh, yeah, yeah, yes. I was already halfway through. These stories <laughs> yeah. are not long, Adam. <laughs> no, go ahead. This is a minor Jack tale. <laughs> Jack be Nimble, Jack be Quick, Jack jump over the candlestick. So here's my chronology and bear with me. So Jack and Jill went up the hill. So Jack and his transgender sister, Jill, as I've determined through science, <laughs> they go up the hill and Jack trips and falls and has an accident. And Jack's mom in uh, blames his sister. And Jack is so guilty about this that he starts he goes to find Liam Neeson and he starts <laughs> training in the mountains. <laughs> oh, like, you interpret that as a training scene. Yeah, yeah, Jack be nimble, Jack be quick. It's a wish. It's a, it's a, he's saying this to himself, or Liam Neeson is telling it to him. He's training with Raish al Ghul. And then <laughs> yeah. uh, Little Jack Horner is the third part of that particular trilogy, because it's like, he's completed his training. <laughs> like, that's the last <laughs> thing that Liam Neeson makes him do. It's like, here, stick your finger in this Christmas pie. Because it's, he's not in Nepal, because it's England, so he has to go to, like, Christmas land or wherever, where it's always <laughs> Christmas. It's, it's a yeah. fairy tale. And he just, like, sticks his hand in a thumb, and it's like, what a little good boy you are. You're ready. <laughs> yeah, so I, the, I went to our usual well, uh, Wikipedia, and they had a few more things to say about the uh, jumping over a candlestick. Notably that it was, in the past, it's been a, a method of fortune telling, mm -hmm. uh, or a sport. So, yeah. uh... Jumping over a candlestick is kind of an indication of good fortune. And I think good fortune, good luck, stuff like that, applies to Jack a little later in life. So, I, and for a couple of the reasons, I put this one a little later. So, we'll we'll bring it up down the line. I think most of these, I have the, I'm biased towards putting the nursery rhymes earlier. Uh, he's often a boy, like, like a young person in some of these. However, I, I don't know. Uh, well... What's next on your chronology? Next on my list is Jack and the Beanstalk. Ah, uh, so yeah, the, the tale of a boy. Yeah, he's very boy. I have him, I wrote his approximate age as like 12 or 13. I I see it as a very like uh, crossing the threshold, coming of age kind of thing. Yeah. There's I, a literal threshold in the in the sense of like the climbing. The Beanstalk, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very clear to me. Uh, okay, so I, I think most know the tale of Jack and the Beanstalk. Let's go over it quick. Uh, he had a family cow. 
And you know? he was walking around with it for some reason. Maybe it was like, you know, he's gone like a joyride with a cow. And uh, some guy rolled up and he's like, hey, man, cool cow. Uh, you want some beans? Hell yeah. Jack- I'm, I'm so down for beans. <laughs> yeah. Jack, uh, who may be, you know, living with the concussions of a, a young brain injury, <laughs> says <laughs> magic beans. Hell yeah. Magic beans, hell yeah. Did I mention that last week I did actually hit my head on a tree branch and was afraid I had a concussion? <laughs> no, you did not. <laughs> that, that that lines up with the... <laughs> well, okay. I mean, I was going to say I'm not sure about your theory, but you know what? <laughs> it's, right, so... uh, it checks out. Yeah, he goes back to his mom and his mom's like, what did you do? And I, I, I kind of it seems like the same uh, upset mother right, from the Jack and Jill story. No sign of Jill. Emancipated uh, no. pretty early here. <laughs> yeah, uh, he cast the bean. Uh, she cast the beans out the window. A beanstalk grew overnight because they were magic. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, he traveled up it to a giant land, a uh, giant castle specifically above the clouds. Right. Yep. Which and- can I say in D anD D fifth edition, mm-hmm. there is a magic item called a bag of beans, and uh, you roll a hundred sided dice to determine what the outcome of the magic beans are and like most of them are nothing and then if you roll like a a perfect 100 it grows into a giant beanstalk that's stupid (laughs) look i want one thing from this okay let me have fun let me do the thing from the thing i don't want this like one percent like you're you're saying that uh we all know what this why are we pretending this isn't from that yeah, like yeah, yeah, right. You guys are really covered your your like the, they're honest with the genie and the magic ring, yeah, right? Like, yeah, they they play that straight, but they they have to hide the fact that this is a, a children's story. Yeah, like it's just it's very silly. But anyway, so they find he's in the giant castle. Yep, uh, and, and the giant uh, says his famous catchphrase: uh, "You dirty rats." It's it. No, 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 Adam. That's not it. That's not it. It's oh, his no, famous. No. It's his famous catchphrase. You want to know how I got these scars? Say hello to my little friend. You. That you're my little friend. That one actually tracks. That one actually jacks. Fee fi fo fum. I smell the blood of an Englishman. Be he alive or be he dead, I'll grind his bones to make my bread. Break it down. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I I looked up the how handy bone bread is oh uh it's not really a thing that that happens and uh people are pointing to that fact they're like look this story is five thousand years old (laughs) this is probably the oldest jack story besides the tricking a devil like format so they they're like that could have been anything (laughs) is what was the (laughs) death it's like who Mm. cares that this is the translation that could have been anything down the line uh, but yeah, he uh, takes some stuff from the giant's castle, including one golden goose. Yep, a, a, and, a goose uh, that lays golden eggs. Yep, and he uh, sli- he <laughs> fireman posts down the the beanstalk with a goose in tow. <laughs> yep, and then uh, on his way down, the giant chases after him, and he chops it down and then the giant falls to his death and jack and his family prosper yeah he i assume you went where where i went with this where he a giant has fallen dead and he's like i can make a living out of this mm. that is <laughs> As a, that is, i thought you were gonna say parting of the red sea kind of the same deal <laughs> how so well, when Moses and the Israelites are crossing the, I guess they're not Israelites at the time, but, or they are, <laughs> I'm not sure, but, uh, they're crossing the Red Sea and the Pharaoh decides that, uh, God hardened his heart and made him evil again. This is our second episode in a row where I'm going to bash Exodus, by the way. <laughs> but, uh, so the Pharaoh and his men are chasing after them and, it's called, uh, hang on, it's called, it's all, it's called Exodus. Exodus. <laughs> That's the segment. Yeah, <laughs> it's a segment now. Um, and the Pharaoh, uh, like the sea closes behind Moses and the Israelites mm-hmm. on the Pharaoh and his men and drowns them. 
so it's kind of the same thing like the means the supernatural means of escape of magic flight as campbell would say is uh destroyed and uh kills the antagonist yeah i i, I definitely see that so and my, also my... abraham has a golden goose yeah. Oh well, there's a golden calf later, but it doesn't lay like, uh, it doesn't like give birth to smaller golden calves. If they did, I would worship that thing. <laughs> so uh, my, my my read of this and how it connects to other other stories is basically that uh, Jack Jack gets a thirst for giant blood mm. and becomes Jack the Giant Killer. Well, do you think that's uh, that goes directly after in your chronology? Uh, I, I believe so, but there's like some. Ah, uh, you know what? It 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 happens chrono- chronologically afterwards. Yes, yes. That that was his first giant kill. He later goes on to kill more giants. Yes, yes, yes. And I have uh, I have a second. That's not true. This we're on like number four or five. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, what, what do you think uh, occurs after Jack and the Beanstalk? Next, I say Jack and his comrades. Ah, uh, this one I have before Jacko Kent. Uh, so mm. but tell me about Jack and his comrades, because okay. this is one that I could not be bothered to read the paragraph of Wikipedia. I tried, but it's just a bunch of, like, animal names. Adam, I read it, and it's a bad story. <laughs> you were right. Yeah, so what's, uh, how's it, how's it kick off? So it starts off with Jack leaving his mother's house. He's 18, he's a man- now he's a young man and he's he tells his mother he will seek his fortune mother i will seek my fortune he said (laughs) and uh his mother offers him half a hen and half a cake with her blessing or the whole of both without okay so either half a hen and half a cake and her blessing or a whole hen a whole cake and nothing uh which would you take uh um i feel as Though the whole without, I don't understand the difference. <laughs> yeah, I his, his mom has been pretty mean to him in these other stories. I don't know why he needs her blessing. Yeah, absolutely. He, he got the golden goose without her, like like <laughs> against her wills. So, <laughs> All right, yeah, so. yeah g- give me that whole cake. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so he has for the halves and is given the whole of both with her blessing. Aww. Oh, it was a trick question. Ah, see, see, what I like about this is he learned everything about being a trickster and/or rebel from his mom and/or mother. Oh, okay, yeah, I get that. So on his way, he meets a donkey in a bog and helps it out. He meets a dog, and uh, the dog has a pot tied to his tail, and a crowd hunting it. And Jack decides that that's stupid and stops that because it is. <laughs> And then uh, while he's eating with the dog and the donkey, a cat shows up and uh, he helps the cat and they, he rescues a, uh, a cockerel from a fox. The cockerel is referred to in Irish as a uh, which I don't speak Irish, but uh, in English, the translation would be black cock. We're going to move on. They go to sleep in the woods. The cockerel crows, claiming to see dawn, and Jack realizes that it's a candle in a house. And basically, they figure out that it's a robber's den. And uh, th- some animal hijinks ensue, and they basically, uh, they uh, they go in, and they just uh, beat up a bunch of robbers and stuff. And then the captain of the robbery comes back, and they beat him up, too, and blah, blah, blah. So uh, Jack and his animal pals are going <laughs> to restore the gold to its owner, uh, the Lord of Dunlavin. Mm-hmm. And Jack is halted at the door by the porter, and uh, basically through a, uh, like, uh, Jack, the porter, and the lord get into, like, a discussion then, and it ends with the porter saying, I didn't open the door to the six robbers, which is kind of like I didn't say it was poison. Ah, he admits to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he accidentally admits to it. Mm. And then, uh, so... Jack announces that no matter, he has arrived with the stolen gold and silver <laughs> and requested supper and lodging after a long ride from the muddy ford. The grateful Lord declares he would provide them comfort for the rest of their days, appointing Jack as his steward, brought his mother to live near the castle, and eventually married his lordship's daughter. So, Jack beat the shit out of Robin Hood. 
I was gonna say at the end of the story, Jack achieves level. He, he hits level two. Yeah. What is this fucking? <laughs> this is this is capitalism. I don't like this. Yeah. Uh, he. So uh, in my lineup, I have the story um, happening concurrently with the end of Jack the Giant Killer. Really? Because they have the same ending. They have the uh, well, no. They have slightly different endings. Slightly different. I I think in the same way that we've talked about these stories shifting over time, I feel like at once they could have been the same story. Broad at least strikes. that end part. Well, I have some connective tissue that I think uh, works differently, but... Uh, are you connecting it to the house that Jack built? Well, a little bit. Uh, this is the house that Jack built. That's just a thing about Jack and, like, some things <laughs> in his house. Right, but do you know the thing? <laughs> yeah, it's like a... Uh... It's a tw- 12 Days of Christmas kind of styles jingle mm-hmm. where it kind of it goes through the difference. It slowly adds things onto this story of what of thing, things happening in Jack's house. Uh, I do want to say, though, that I didn't realize this when I was looking at it ahead of time. But a lot of the characters in This is the House that Jack Built are in Jack and his comrades. Oh, okay. I have the house that Jack built uh, much later down the list, but really all that is evident is Jack has built a house at some point. That's the <laughs> right. only fact, so it could really be any. It could really go anywhere. I, I could see that as some of his uh, work as a steward, maybe. Mm. Uh, maybe to-, to bring this a little sooner. But yeah, no, the- the- he- these are the characters of the... <laughs> there's a there's a, a horse, a hound, and a-, and a horn that belong to a farmer. Okay. Uh, there's there's a rooster, so there's your cockerel. Yep. Uh, there's a judge uh, who may be interpreted as gay because the see. judge. <laughs> uh, how? It, how? All, uh, so uh, basically, it's a cause and effect thing. Uh, the the rooster wakes up the judge, all shaven and shorn, that marries the man, all tattered and torn. Oh, I ship it. Okay. Yeah, uh, that man just so happened to have kissed a maiden all forlorn. That by, yeah, he could be by and mar- marry the judge. That's a that's a regular reading of this. That is okay. Well, let's read the actual line. Uh, so uh, this is the horse and the hound and the horn that belonged to the farmer sowing his corn that kept the rooster that crowed in the morn that woke the judge all shaven and shorn that married the man all tattered and torn that kissed the maiden all forlorn that milked the cow with a crumpled horn that tossed the dog that worried the cat that killed the rat that ate the malt that lay in the house that Jack built. Break it down. <laughs> to dance with Jack of the Shadows. <laughs> hey. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, um, it's a real... Uh, that's, um... I think that's... Uh, as you can see, all the animals, a lot of the animals featured in Jack and his comrades are in that story. Yeah, okay. Uh, so the only thing that about his house is that there, he put Malton at one point. So we'll, we, we, if we find a better spot for that, we can. But I, I think all those characters show up there. Well, the next one I have on my list here is uh, Jack Spratt. Here's <laughs> the thing. In old timey times, not everybody had last names. <laughs> So I right. feel like I feel like this has to happen after he marries into nobility, you know? Hmm. I think so. that makes sense. Well, uh, it, Jack Spratt's a very short story. Yeah. Uh, Jack Spratt could eat no fat. His wife could eat no lean. But together, both, they licked the platter clean. That, the, nope, there's no rhythm. <laughs> you, you, yep. Uh, so, yeah, he, the only things that you have to know is that he has a wife. Mm-hmm. And he's uh, he's married at this point, and he doesn't eat fat. Yep. He's got to stay trim. <laughs> got to stay trim. So, uh, yes, he's married after this story. In case his giant killing days uh, come again. Well, I, oh, wait, I, you know what? He can eat no fat because the fat is uh, is too close to the bone. And, like, he has got, like, all this trauma from the from the giant <laughs> grinding his bones to make his bread. <laughs> that, that, that could be the connection. I wanted to... Uh, Alright, is Jack in the Giant Killer next for you? Uh, it is not, but we can talk about <laughs> oh, Jack the Giant wow. Killer. Yes, uh, please let's talk Let's talk about Jack the Giant Killer, because I think a lot of things early in Jack's career... Uh, y- yes, okay, so I see you this putting story. this way higher up on your list. Yeah. Uh, way so earlier Jack, in the timeline. Uh, Jack the Giant Killer is uh, the most heroic Jack. 
Uh, yeah, he's, so. he's described as strong, clever, and he traps and kills giants. A lot of that kind of stuff happens. Uh, th- this is also the one that explicitly says that he's from Cornwall. Yes, and he also uh, lived in, during the era of King Arthur. Yeah, it turns out. <laughs> so all this is King Arthur era. Yeah, but also yeah. during uh, the Jack and his comrades, they did mention something about pistols, which that must be uh, a later edition, but... Yeah, also uh, raises some interesting uh, questions about King Arthur. I also saw that, but they also have <laughs> castles in that story, right? So it's yeah. like... The uh, Lady of the Lake just, like, handing <laughs> Arthur a gun. <laughs> Give him a Colt forty-five. It's like some Shannara Chronicles bullshit. <laughs> it is. So, uh, yes. Uh, this is during the era of King Arthur, and he goes on some uh, events and stuff like that. He gathers up a whole magic inventory. Mm. Of stuff in his giant killing adventures. It's real D&D. Well, let's... Uh, do, you, do we want to start at the very beginning? magic items? Oh, oh, do we want to jump all the way to the magic items? Because there's a lot that happens in this story. Sure. Uh, why don't you go over it? Okay, so it starts out with uh, Jack is a young farmer's son. Doesn't say how young, but he is definitely strong and clever. And easily yeah. confounds the learned with his penetrating wit. <laughs> hey now. You're an all-star. <laughs> we found my winter soldier phrase. You're, you're right. Okay, so Jack encounters... So, like, he's at the market one day, basically. And uh, I'm getting a couple of this from Dale Kings Mills' uh, video on the subject of Jack the Giant Killer, which is a very good video, very good channel. Check out Monarch's Factory on YouTube. Yeah, this is the biggest meat of the stories. <laughs> so let, let's eat it like Jack Spratt might. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's at the market one day, and there are some people talking about this uh, this giant called Cormoran, who's eating a bunch of... Uh, who's eating people's livestock. And Jack is like, well... Oh, wow, that's crazy. Hey, if someone had experience with killing giants here and, like, could kill a giant, what would they get? And like, all oh, the treasure, I guess. And then he's like, and I mentioned Dale Kingsmill because I love the way she says this. I'm gonna go kill that giant. And all I need is a pickaxe, a bugle, and an ordinary household shovel. <laughs> and meet me in the mountains. Come on! <laughs> Wait, Jack, what's the shovel for? Why do you why do you need a pickaxe? Jack! Jack! Oh, here it goes. <laughs> uh, crossover of the century. Uh, you listen to my other podcast, Keenan and Kel with Adam and Aaron. Oh. <laughs> I'm an avid Fanta. So right. uh so Jack, what he does is he digs a big hole in the ground and covers it with some sticks and leaves, and he uh he plays a bugle to wake up the giant. Giant runs out at this asshole playing a bugle on his yard, falls into a pit that's just high enough that his head is sticking out, and then he just kills him with a pickaxe. So tricksy and rebellious. <laughs> what, 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 what a what a night what a knave. What a what a what a cunning ruse. And yeah. uh, so Jack is dubbed uh, Jack the Giant Killer for this feat, and receives not only the giant's wealth but a sword and a belt to commemorate the event. Very WWE, I feel. Yeah, but, but very D and D first tier. Yeah. So a man-eating giant named Blunderbore, who is also Cormoran's cousin, vows vengeance for his cousin's death and carries Jack off to an enchanted castle. Jack manages to slay Blunderbore and his brother by hanging and stabbing them. He frees three ladies held captive in the giant's castle. Now, Adam, you're my cousin, right? Yes. I don't know why I asked for confirmation on that. <laughs> Would you, uh, would you, no. uh, if, if I was murdered by a, uh, by a, a tricksy, a trickster, would you, would you avenge my death? It, it depends on the method. That's a, that's a, that's a revengeful method for sure. Trapped in a hole with a pickaxe. If you were like, if he like spit, if Jack like spilled like a, a can of, of Coke <laughs> and like you like slipped on it and then you just insisted that it's not dangerous and kept slipping on it and then you like and then you did in an ironic twist of fate uh crash into like uh, off a cliff then yeah yeah i'm like you know what jack you're okay that we need a segment called plausible ways the co-host can die because that's <laughs> then, there are so yeah. many really 
That's that's the Coco co-host kill. Ooh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's what it happens if I slip on a can of spilled soda and uh, trip onto a garden tool that slapped oh, me in the face and I died. Yeah. Okay. Uh, While watching a Disney Pixar film. <laughs> okay. Let's we have to stop. All right. So Jack feels like he's done some good work today, but he wants to kill more giants. So he, uh, he goes to Wales and he tricks a two headed Welsh giant into slashing his own belly open. And Dale Kingsmill notes that in her copy of the fairy tale, the author is weirdly anti-Welsh. Oh, no. Which is, which is like, yep. You have to be a very particular kind of English to be anti-Welsh. I feel like no no one else in the world would care. No, well, uh, the Welsh language is very complicated. Mm. Because it's not very, uh, it's not very influenced by, uh, it's very Celtic, it's, or like, yeah, Celtic, not very Germanic or uh, Romance-inspired. But anyway, so uh, he tricks a two-headed Welsh giant into slashing his own belly open. And how he does this is he uh, fills a bunch of—the uh, giant gives him, like, way too much food to eat. Like, he tricks him into doing that, and so Jack is, like, putting the food into a little uh, sack. And what he does is he sticks the stack under his shirt— and slices his shirt and sack open, and all the food spills out. And yeah. uh, the giant's like, "Oh, that's badass!" And this guy kills giants, and but I'm not going to be intimidated. I'll cut my own stomach open. That'll learn him. And then he dies from that. Wow, that that I that is equally uh, so. That was the ironic fate that I described earlier. That yeah. was a yeah. I, I would not avenge that giant. No, absolutely not. No, he, he he brought that on himself. So, uh, at this point, guess who shows up? Knock, knock, it's King Arthur's son. <laughs> who I'm just going to call DW, even though that's Arthur's sister. <laughs> yeah, okay, right. Yeah, DW <laughs> arrives in the story. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, he's like, oh, man, you're King Arthur. <laughs> Bro, you're King Arthur's son. I'm going to be your, I'm going to be your, your, your scribe. Your, your servant, your squire. Yeah. And so, oh, so uh, he, he's Jack Esquire in this story, technically. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Good point. All right. But so uh, Jack's like, hang on, we have to go uh, where we're, well, the prince go- left King Arthur's court in, uh, in Camelot because he heard some story about a beautiful enchanted lady who was serving Lucifer and who was being possessed by demons and needed to be saved. Very dun, paladin. Done. Yeah. Big paladin energy. And so on the way there, Jack's like, okay, okay, I'll help. And we can spend it in the night. There's this place I know with this uh, this three-headed giant that I'm going to trick. <laughs> well, I, I want to say that I, I, I'm curious how things end for him and Lucifer because in Dale's recount. Because the Wikipedia one has left me uh, a little baffled in our task. But oh. uh, continue. Oh, oh, no, it's good. It's good. <laughs> yeah. So uh, they so the way Jack does this is he walks up to the giant's door and just knocks on it. <laughs> and the three going to ding dong ditch the giants. No, no, no. Well, a little <laughs> okay. bit, actually. But uh, he's going to knock on the door and uh, the giant shows up and he says, hey, oh, man, hey, it's me, Jack. I'm your cousin. And, uh, listen, I just got a tip. I wanted to warn you. King Arthur's son is coming, and he's out killing giants. You gotta hide. And he's like, oh, jeez, I mean, thanks for warning me about that. Uh, I mean, I didn't know that I was a cousin, but, but uh, where, 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 where should I hide? Is he gonna Bugs Bunny him? Yeah, pretty much. Is he gonna go, oh, hide, hide in the oven? <laughs> oh, that... not, not quite that bad. <laughs> okay. So, uh, so... What he says is, like, just hide in the basement. And so, uh, just hide in the basement. I'll be here when the sun shows up. And I'll just, like, I'll just, like, uh, pretend, like, this is my castle and nothing's wrong. And he'll go look somewhere else. And the giant's like, yeah, okay, good. And so the three-headed giant, who doesn't have a name, goes and hides in the basement. And uh, they just spend the night there, like normal. And uh, Jack notices in the corner of his room an old rusty sword, a really weathered cap, 
uh, an old tattered cloak and some beat up shoes. And uh, when and he loots the three headed giants. Uh, the next day, Jack gets the prince to get out first. And then the giant comes up out of the basement and is like, is he gone? He's like, yeah, he is. Oh, thank God. Cousin, I'm so glad that you've saved me uh, from this. I, I mean, anything you want in my house, take it. It's yours. And the Jack says, okay, I want the sword, the cap, the cloak, and the shoes. And the giant's like, oh, man, those are... I really fucked myself. He says fuck in the real story, which I think is wrong. <laughs> I really fucked myself here. Uh, those are like the most valuable things I own, but I did say anything, and you did save my life. Okay, sure. And it turns out they're not just old, crappy stuff. They're a magic... Vorpal sword type thing, snickersnap. It's a cap of knowledge that lets him know everything. It's a cloak of invisibility, and it's shoes of swiftness. Shoes of swift. It's seven mile boots that let him <laughs> traverse seven miles in a single step. Wow! And at this point, the DM is overpowering him. <laughs> yeah, right. He has to. He has to nerf him somehow. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that does not happen. Spoilers. <laughs> no. Uh, yeah. Uh... Jack the Giant Killer is a, a bit of a, he's one of those, you know, uh, plain-faced heroes. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> he, does, he doesn't run into any complexities. No. So, eventually, Jack and the Prince get to this lady that the Prince is looking for, this uh, Lucifer lady. Yep. And so, uh, I don't remember everything about the story, but I do remember uh, the Lucifer lady and the Prince and Jack just kind of have dinner. And uh, the lady is being all like flirty with the with the prince and like all of that kind of stuff. And uh, she says, "You know what? I have had so much fun. Let's play a game." And she pulls out a handkerchief and she says, "If you can bring me this handkerchief by uh, tomorrow morning, then uh, I'm yours. But if you can't, I'll kill you." And she's tucks it into her uh, into her top and just retires for the evening and uh, the prince is like oh no how are we going to do this and jack puts on his cap of knowledge and he thinks <laughs> and he knows exactly where she, uh, she's going to put that uh that handkerchief which by the way is a gross accessory <laughs> yeah okay so the lady uh the lady uh communes with lucifer that night and uh, and jack sees it and she gives the handkerchief to Lucifer, and somehow, I forget how, uh, I think, oh, I think he's using his cloak of invisibility. Ah. He takes it from Lucifer and gives it to the prince. Next day, prince hands her the handkerchief. And so next day, the same thing happens, and the lady's kind of fed up this time, and she's like, okay, listen, I will let you try and do this exorcism thing, but tomorrow morning, you have to bring me the lips that kissed me last and she kisses him and then retires and then the prince is like oh this will be easy and jack's like i'm not so sure and uh jack dons his invisibility clothes again and uh he goes to uh he watches uh the lady to see what she does and she communes with lucifer again and she kisses him mm. and so then uh when the lady goes away jack takes his magic vorpal sword and cuts off lucifer's head Ah, so yes, it is what happens on on Wikipedia, that he kills Lucifer. He kills Lucifer. Well, they are on the material plane, aren't they? <laughs> yeah. Which right? means that he Lucifer will show back up in hell, according to D&D &D rules. <laughs> oh, okay. That, never mind. I, I, that was a plot hole because the devil factors into later stories. No, 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 that's how hell do. Yeah, that, that, that is how hell do. So, so, yeah. So he shows Lucifer's head to the lady the next day, and all the demons in her are just so freaked out that they bounce. <laughs> he exercises him with Lucifer. Oh, no, it's our boss's head. Run! That'd be pretty scary. And uh, the lady is freed of the demons and marries the prince, which, if you ask me, huge downgrade. <laughs> Should have stuck with Lucifer. Should have stuck with Lucifer. Jack is rewarded with membership in the round table. And then uh, Jack goes on. I'm going to be very quick. Jack moves on. Uh, he kills a giant named uh, Thunderdell using a trick involving the house's moat and drawbridge. That sounds violent and kind of Tom and Jerry-ish. 
And then he eventually gets so tired of all this shit that he goes off and he kills the giant Galagantius. He kills more giants, basically. He kills the giant Galagantius. And then that, in like an Avengers Phantom Menace kind of way, kills all the other giants in England. (laughs) Yeah, he does that thing where he kills the queen giants and then the rest of them, all the drones die. Yes. And uh, he also frees a duke's daughter who is turned into a deer. And then at the court of King Arthur, Jack marries the duke's daughter and the two are given an estate where they live happily ever after. Or do they? Yeah. (laughs) Add a question mark on that. Uh, So, yeah, I... I interpret, how did you uh, weave in the fact that he has gotten married twice? There's the notion of, there's the story of Jack O'Kent. Yeah, let's let's talk about Jack O'Kent real quick here. Yeah, because this is some of my connective tissue. It's kind of, it's kind of ancillary to the Jack the Giant Killer thing, but I have a thing for this. So Jack O'Kent is a a folkloric character, as we've uh, been discussing, (laughs) who is a... uh, who is a farmer that tricks the devil sometimes. And we're saying, of course, the thesis of this is that it's all the same Jack. Yeah, so it, this is a devil tricker Jack. Yeah, and uh, he tricks the devil into several different things. Uh, He's like, all right, devil, I bet you can't make good crops here. And the devil's like, oh, I bet I can, but I want half of the crops. Okay, what 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 crop do you want, the top half or the bottom half? The way Wikipedia words it is tops or butts. Yeah, tops or butts, devil. And... And the devil picked tops, which was a paragraph that led me to realize, holy shit, why did I never think of sexualizing the devil before? It's the part in this holy grail of monster fucking. (laughs) Yeah, so uh, when he picks tops, uh, Jack cleverly plants turnips underground. He plants turnips. Remember that one? Yeah, turnips. (laughs) Remember this. Uh, and so the devil always got his leaves and devil, he's like, devil, devil says double or nothing next year. I want the tops Uh, double or nothing. Next year. I want the bottoms (laughs) double or nothing. Yes. Next year. I want butts. (laughs) (laughs) And and he shows up the next year and (laughs) Jack's got like a bunch of wheat who doesn't have anything underground. And devil's like, ah, shucks. And then Jack plants corn. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Well, Just to then, rub it in. And there's also, like, a lot of other legends about, like, Jack does things that make different mountains and stuff. He really bunions up a bunch of stuff. <laughs> yeah. There's one story I want to highlight in particular is that um, he uh, asked the devil to build, help him build a bridge, uh, promising that the first soul to the devil that crosses it. Uh, they build a bridge. <laughs> uh, Jack tosses a bone over the bridge. And a hungry dog runs across. Oh my god, is it the same dog? It is the same dog. Oh my god, he killed a dog, that fuck. (laughs) Yeah, that's how how trickstery he is. He killed a dog with a bone. He killed his dog friend. Oh my god, Jack needs to die. I hate Jack now. (laughs) Yeah, so that, uh, that's where I connected Jack O'Kent myself. That it's after Jack and his comrades. Okay, so my order thus far is Jack and Jill, Jack be nimble, a little Jack Horner. Uh, low dexterity, training for higher dexterity, his training is complete. Jack and the Beanstalk, threshold crossing, kills his first giant. Jack and his comrades, leaves his mom's house, hangs out with some animals, narks on Robin Hood, marries a lord's daughter. Uh, he, he builds a house, he uh, and his wife have dinner. Then I have the Jack O'Kent stories, where he like tricks the devil and stuff, and he's just making life hell for the devil. Pun intended. So, so you have the tricking the devil stories before Jack the Giant Killer? Yeah. He and his wife are farming. They do farming stuff. He works the land for the Lord, the Lord Dunlavin, whose daughter he married. And then we have Jack the Giant Killer because, and this is my connective tissue here, and that explains why Jack marries, gets married twice, once to the Lord's daughter, once to the Duke's daughter. Jack's first wife dies presumably as a part of a revenge ploy on the devil's part for all the trickery. I think the devil killed Jack's wife or tricked her into dying somehow for revenge because he's been made a fool so many times. Hmm. Okay. And so... I I see you there. And so depressed, Jack stays with his mother for a while. And then he hears this story. And he's still young at this point in time, I think. I think he's only like... I think he left uh, his mother's house and married the Lord's daughter at like 18... This is maybe two years later. 
enough time to plant turnips and wheat. <laughs> right. And so, like, two years later, his wife is dead. He's at his mother's house. He goes to the market. He hears about this giant terrorizing Cornwall. And he's like, mm. I need a pickaxe. <laughs> I know Got what it. I know how to do one thing. Like, when we're grieving, we fall back into our old patterns. And he does one thing well, and that's kill giants. So, so uh, there, there's two stories left in the kind of the Jack roundup, and they're my, my last stories, and I believe they're your last stories as well. So, uh, really quick, I'd like to go over my order. Okay. <laughs> because I, as I said before, I think it starts with Little Jack Horner, good boy. Yep. Uh, Jack and Jill breaks his crown, kind of starts to get a little tricky. Mm-hmm. <laughs> starts to think about things in a little different way. Uh, the, the story of Jack and the Beanstalk happens... And uh, Jack the Giant Killer is, like, that focal point. That's his main tale. And a lot of the events that happen to him happen after and during Jack the Giant Killer. Oh, okay. So I see Jack and his comrades as, like, an alternate read of the ending of Jack the Giant Killer. Where instead, like, the story about his the Duke's daughter and getting an estate from that is, like, is a different way of saying the Jack and his comrades story. That way, it's only one marriage just told two different ways. Hmm. Uh, he develops a dog friend, and perhaps uh, this castle, this home that they have, the Jack that how the house that Jack built, uh, has all the animal friends from the c- comrades, and uh, this one wife he has the Jack Spratt stories of uh, you know <laughs> of having a wife. That's the one you know bullet point from that story. Right. Uh, I also want to say along the so this is where uh, Jack gets the shoes of swiftness. Yes. And that, that is how Jack be nimble, Jack be quick. Jack jump over the candlestick. Okay, but how do you jump? They're shoes of swiftness, but they're seven league boots. Yeah. You, you, uh, th- so I did not see Jack as quick until he got those boots. Hmm. Well, he did get away from that giant. Right. Who has a big stride. So I, what I think happens in the, the part of uh, Jack be nimble, uh, by the way, Jack O'Kent happens after Jack and his comrades, he, he, uh, mm-hmm. specifically, so Jack be nimble is, uh, he, him starting to improve now that he's kind of killed giants and stuff like that. He's getting on in his years and he wants to hope he's hoping for, and I, I saw it not as his wife dying, but perhaps like her, like leaving him. I definitely uh, said something similar. I think like this is a marriage built on, I rescued you when you were a deer. Right. So I think that like. At that point, Jack's marriage ends possibly with the death of his second wife is what I've written down here, but maybe not. And he turns yeah. to alcoholism and I think he just kind of starts wasting away and his knighthood is seemingly revoked. And as I remember from the movie Excalibur, <laughs> a lot of bad shit happens to Arthur's knights on the Grail quest. Oh, yeah. I think that's what happened is they sent mm. Jack out on the Grail quest and like his wife died and he <laughs> just kind of. It's a very, like, real, like, instead of, like, falling into an enchanted well or whatever the fuck happens, like, having to kill a little boy on a horse or something, he just, like, he turns into an alcoholic and uh, the devil shows up again. Yeah, I I, I saw that as, uh, I I interpreted Jack B. Nimble as Jack using his kind of magic items, his shoes of swiftness, to try and trick uh, fortune itself, oh, okay. uh, because jumping over a candle is a sign of good fortune. He's trying to trick the fortune telling with supernatural means. Interesting. That is very much his milieu, and that is what kind of starts to summon the devil to come and trouble him. Honestly, I feel like the devil is already pretty mad at him. He did behead <laughs> yeah. him most recently. Yeah. So it- he cut off his head, and he did the trick with the turnips. That's specifically why, yeah, like, that's the, in his devil relationship, that's where it starts. I see Jack O'Kan as stuff that happens shortly afterwards, like other, or, uh, the story uh, that we're about to get to, Stingy Jack, Jack O'Lantern. Stingy Jack. Stingy, not stingy. <laughs> he turns into a bee man. <laughs> of all the stories that happen, that's, that's very plausible. He did climb into the clouds. Okay, fair, fair, fair. Now, 55 minutes in, we're going to talk about why this is about Halloween. He dis- he disobeyed all known laws of aviation. <laughs> okay, we got to talk about why the fuck this is a Halloween episode, Adam. 
Yeah. Yes. Okay. So uh, I I just want to say that I see Jacko Kent things that are happening to stingy Jack. Mm-hmm. Uh, he it's a it's several tales of him tricking the devil in different ways. And uh, what are the two ways that happen in the uh, Jack the Drunk stories? So in uh, the story of Stingy Jack in uh, the Jack O Lantern, hold on, I gotta find the right. Uh, th- there's several titles to it. Ah, uh, there we go. Uh, the article yeah. on Wikipedia will be under Stingy Jack, which is not yep. as cool a name. Jack the Smith, Drunk Jack, Flaky Jack, Jack of the Lantern, or in a weird, <laughs> like in a weird uh, truncation, Jack O Lantern. Yes. So. Uh, He's a drunk. He's a drunk and a trick. Mm-hmm. He's a real Jack Sparrow. Yep. Yep. Very, very Jack Sparrow. It, it might be. It might be the same one. Who knows at this point? <laughs> I've lost. The, I've lost the plot. Uh, yeah. He. Uh, uh, Satan comes to bother him, right? Yeah. He's heard stories about how much of a bastard this uh, this Jack guy is, and he jumps up on a hickory stump like, "Boom! Let me tell you what." <laughs> yeah, and he's pretty much just. He's he's straight up like coming to take him to hell, right? Uh, yeah, I think so. Well, yeah, he's like, you know, I'm going to I'm going to Jesus you to hell, body and soul, everything's going. <laughs> well, right, because that's the part that's unrealistic. But, <laughs> uh, so Jack is walking along on a cobblestone path, and he finds a body, and a dead body, and he's like. Maybe the body's got coins. I don't know. I used to have a goose. And then he uh, starts rummaging (laughs) through the pockets and the body just sits up with this big, weird smile on its face. And he's just like, hello, Jack. Remember the time you said I was butts? (laughs) And then I'm going to make you butts and bring you to the underworld. Who? Buy me a drink first. I bet you didn't know this, Lucifer, but I'm a fiddle player, too. Sorry, I'm flirting with an imaginary personification yep. of the devil. Proceed. That's literally what Jack says. He says, buy me a drink first. <laughs> he does. Damn it. Why did I mess that up so bad? <laughs> he says, yeah, OK, I'll, I'll, you can take me to hell, but let's get let's get a couple. Let's get a couple here. When was the last time you had a drink in the material plane? And then Satan's like, yeah, OK, pretty good last request, I guess. Let's get wasted. And he goes to the pub and he's like. And then, oh my god, and then he just kicked me out, just because I said I didn't want to hang out with people, because they seem gross. Yeah, he, he gets uh, Satan white, white girl wasted. Absolutely. The, the only way Satan can't get wasted. <laughs> and he, he says to, alright, uh, The bartender Satan, says, like, uh, hey, guys, pay him. Yeah. Like, you're, you're cut off. I need to, I need you to pay up the tab. Yeah, the tab amounts to one silver piece. Mm-hmm. And Satan's like, oh, okay, well, Jack, I mean, you're the one who's dying, so, like, you pay. Jack's like... You, you already checked my body, I got nothing on me. Right, yeah. Jack's <laughs> like, okay, I don't have anything, but you know what, you're the devil, just turn into a silver coin, and then I'll just pay the bartender with that, and then you can bounce, and then we can go. Satan's like, yeah, okay. And... Uh, he is impressed upon by Jack's unyielding nefarious tactics. Okay, Wikipedia, chill. <laughs> I think Wikipedia is the one that's crushed on the devil. Oh, maybe. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, he, so he uh, metamorphosizes into a single silver piece. And Jack goes, cool, I'll pay my tab anyway, and puts it in his pocket. Which also has a bunch of crucifixes, <laughs> like he does. Maybe he robbed a church. <laughs> yeah, he's got a crucifix in there, which... Uh, prevents the devil from turning back to his previous form. And so then we've got a Smith and the Devil thing, as we learned in the Rumpelstiltskin episode. Yes, uh, that classic archetype of how the devil's been trapped. And uh, he makes the deal with the devil for uh, ten more years on Earth. Yep, and then he lets the devil go. And then uh, ten years later to the day on uh, on Samhain, or however you pronounce that, I, I think there's a better way to say it, but... Uh, the devil jumps up on a hickory stump and he's like, listen, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, I, I ain't I'm here for I'm here to collect. Uh, Jack is like, oof, boy, we'd love to go to hell. But like, can I have just one apple? And then oh. Satan's like, <laughs> fucking OK, sure, fine. And he goes up to climb a tree. <laughs> what, Satan's like, uh, that's my favorite thing to give people apples. <laughs> how did how did you know? How did you know I love apples so much? How did you love my... <laughs> right. So, yeah, he slithers up the tree to, to yank an apple off. And then, and then when he comes to climb down, 
Jack <laughs> surrounded the base with crucifixes. Or uh, the story I always heard was he cuts a, cru- a cross into the tree. Like Zorro. Yeah. Like a drunk yeah, Zorro that can't do it right. Mm-hmm. And as you know, apple trees grow straight up into the air with no branches. And also, as you know, Satan cannot fly or teleport or anything like that. <laughs> He's got no jumps. He's got no jumps. So uh, Satan's like, okay, listen, you gotta let me go again. And then uh, Jack's like, yeah, okay, but this time I don't want to go to hell at all. Don't ever let me go to hell. And Satan's like, all right, sure, fine, I promise. I promise. Jack, listen to me. I promise. Okay? <laughs> Love you, sweetie. Bye-bye. That's my tone that I'm doing now. <laughs> yep, so he, uh, th- the devil bounces and uh, doesn't trouble Jack no more. No. After all those encounters they had with the, the crops and the bridge. Absolutely. And uh, and the lady and uh, the yeah, girlfriend. Throw the stones. Yeah, yeah that, that's where their friendship ends. <laughs> Jack, steal your girl, Sprat. So Jack dies eventually because he's a person. And yeah. he goes up to heaven and St. Peter's like, dude, fuck you. You killed a dog. <laughs> he's like, dude, you know how many... <laughs> that giant lived here, man. That gi- Yeah. He <laughs> was my neighbor. What did, what did you do? That giant was God. You actually <laughs> just killed him. Okay? Shit's been... Fucked. The devil's running around. He's slithering up trees. Yeah, get out of here. <laughs> Be gone, Satan. Yeah. And say well, hi to Satan for me. Yeah. So. Be gone, yeah. uh, Jack. I'm not going to say thought. You know why? Because if I say be gone thought, I will disappear into the fifth dimension. So uh, Jack has, then he's like, well, I, I don't like hanging out. <laughs> the, this is kind of lame. I'm gonna, I guess I'll go to hell. Yeah, he doesn't want to just hang out in the void of, like, the chill of outer space or wherever. Yeah, so he goes down to, to hell, and Satan's like, eh, eh, eh. It's like, Jack, I promised. <laughs> yeah, right. I should voice the devil. This is this is good. This is good shit. But, uh, so he's like, and Jack's like, oh, well, well, like, well it's, you're just gonna let me wander around in the void? Come on. Man, listen, yeah. Uh, t- remember when I turned into? Remember when you turned into a coin, Satan, Sadie, if I may. Yeah, and, and, and Satan says, uh, "Here," and he tosses Jack a turnip, and says, "Your butts." God. <laughs> 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 so yeah, and he gives Jack an ember, a coal lit from the fires of hell, marking him as a denizen of the netherworld. And then from that day on until eternity's end, Jack is doomed to roam the world between the planes of good and evil, with only an ember inside a hollowed-out turnip to light his way. And also, maybe, also, his head got chopped off and replaced with a pumpkin because we don't have turnips in America. But I like that because that also ties it back to the the time when he cut the devil's head off. Oh, yeah, it's very, (laughs) you kind of loop that together, right? Uh, there, yeah. there is a final Jack story, though. A day no ma after his, after his encounter with the, with Sa- after his Satan stories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's Jack doing now? He's, uh, it's pretty cold out in the void. Yeah. Uh, he has developed ice powers. He's developed ice powers and become Jack Frost. Yeah, uh, he starts nipping at noses and other, um features oh oh right i forgot there's a part in jack the giant killer where he cuts off a giant's nose ah aha so cutting off (laughs) one nose nipping at noses later yeah there's a connection there and Uh, it's also like that's kind of pervy right that seems like jack's mo (laughs) yeah he's a very heteronormative trickster which i do not like uh uh, so yeah as jack frost he um he you know, leaves pat- fern patterns on frosted windows, uh, and he, he he has something that I thought was a, a t- another tie back to uh, Jack and the Giant Killer. Uh, he's got some marvelous pigments. <laughs> he has found uh, in his later on life journeys a uh, a magic item in the shape of this magic paint colors, which he can he has, mm. uses to change the color of the leaves. Oh, is that right? Interesting. Yes. So oh, it, it's not it's not one of his four specifically, but uh, perhaps. Uh, but yeah, in he collects magic items when he's younger. So I think in his kind of uh, phantom phase, he does the same thing. 
I feel like at that moment where he starts getting like washed up and his knighthood gets revoked, he's like selling off those magic items <laughs> for right. booze money. Absolutely. I I I did. It's a little off topic, but I have a final note here about Jack Frost. Is that he goes by <laughs> other names in different cultures. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, in Russia, he's known as Grandfather Frost. He's also called uh, Death Moroz, I think. Ah, yes. Well, no, that's what Death Moroz means, is Grandfather Frost. Hmm. Let's see. He's got... There's a, a store in the Arctic regions. Uh, he's known as Old Zero. Yes, uh, this is something that a uh, writer who was quoted on Wikipedia named Jacob Abbott, I believe, mm -hmm. uh, said the Hindus derive the name of the Hindu Kush from the tradition that a giant used to live there in wait to kill all the Hindus who passed that way. Kesh means kill. This giant was probably the same who we in the Arctic regions used to call Old Zero, better known in England as Jack Frost. The horrors of the snow-covered waste probably gave rise to the tradition. Old Zero. And I, I like that he has, uh, like, now embodied the, the giant killing. Uh, like, he, he has killed enough giants that he is seen as a giant to some. Yeah. yeah I, I, he's the last remnants of that era. Hmm. And that also lines up with some of the, um, the Jack O'Kent stories where he is, you know, larger than life in a Paul Bunyan way. Oh, yeah. Very true. Very true. So, I, bet, I bet Jack and Paul Bunyan would not get along. Uh, Paul Bunyan would trick him and he would probably fall for it. No, well, here's the thing. Paul Bunyan would think of chopping down that beanstalk right out the gate. That'd be the first thing he would think of. Yeah, well, actually, this is a better fight than you might think, because as soon as he goes to chop that beanstalk, like a, a giant axe falls from the sky to, like, stop him. And chop. Oh, my God. That's so that's that's badass. I love that. Yeah. So they're <laughs> they'd have a real axe off. Uh, but yeah, no, that's, uh, those are the tales of Jack. Those are the tales of Jack. And oh my God, we're at a minute and seven. I thought this was going to have to be a two-parter. I was so worried. One, one whole minute, seven seconds. Or, I'm sorry, an hour, seven minutes. That, I, I, I fucked yeah. that up. I, I've been you know worried. me, I, I never misspeak. I've been, <laughs> there you go. I, uh, I'm all hopped up on some Indian chai tea because we are, uh, we are reading a English or a British, I guess, fairy tale because <laughs> there's some Welsh in there. And, uh. I thought I would appropriate some uh, Indian culture. That's right. It's two episodes in a row we're talking about the British Raj. So uh, hopefully you've learned a few things about Jack and you now know Jack. But you don't <laughs> know how to grift heaven and hell. This is going to hurt every bone in my atheist body, but I guess you don't. Yeah, you know how not to grift heaven and hell. Do you have a negative example? Yeah, don't do what Jack did. Don't be like Jack. Boom, boom. <laughs> So let's not take uh, Jack and his many adventures to their final rating place, where we give him a, a score. Yep. Sounds fair. Uh, yeah. Uh, I, I, I think Jack is a wonderful folk folkloric character. Uh, a monster in a very mortal sense. Uh, uh, sort until, of. Until the end. I think the point where he's the jack-o'-lantern, which is also sometimes kind of conflated with the headless horseman. Right, and Jack Frost in a way, like you know, he's a he's a, a you know a phantom, a giant monster called Old Zero to some. Gonna catch them all because he's Jack Frost. <laughs> well, also so, like the pumpkin head version of Jack O' Lantern. I feel like that's more of a monster, and even the one that's like wandering the void, like that's kind of a spooky type thing. Yeah, it's very spooky. I, I'm gonna give him personally a seven out of ten. That's very good. Well, I agree with that. I think this story that we've kind of accumulated here, uh, whether we go with your chronology, which is kind of like, you know, bits and pieces, like assembled into one coherent story, or me, where I just take all the stories and glue them together back to back. Mm -hmm. I think both of those are pretty valid. Both of those are good. And both of those make for a really great, complete story that kind of tells this uh, story about, you know, this mm. folk hero's interaction with with the supernatural and kind of tells a very Excalibur-esque, like we were talking about, story of uh, the pagan tradition of giants and stuff being kind of uh, superseded by Christianity. I'm also... Yeah. 
there's a lot of uh, Christianity images, such as King Arthur, as well as the crucifixes as well. Mm-hmm. So I, I definitely, that's a, it's a neat through line. Yeah, and I am going to give uh, Jack as a character, as a story, I'll go with an 8 out of 10. But I also want to give uh, the other monster kind of, sort of, of this story a rating. <laughs> uh, Satan? Yes. Oh, man. He's got lots of tricks. Well, no, uh, this is... I don't think this is a good Satan. I think this Call is me a- crazy. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, but- so... The devil is all about, you know, taking things that God has and perverting them, right? Yeah. And God's big number is three. Mm-hmm. And what's three of three is nine. And now the devil uh, appears in three stories... He appears in Jack the Giant Killer, Total Clown Shoes. He appears in Jack O'Kent and eventually tricks Jack's first wife into dying somehow, we think, maybe. And then in Stingy Jack and Jack O'Lantern slash whatever it's called, he does come out on top in the end. So that's two out of three stories. Three and three is nine. Say it. Uh, two out of three, so uh, you're going to give him like a 6.66. No, I'm going to give him six out of nine. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, six out of nine. Uh, I'll give him a 6.66. Uh, and I, I he, he gets the last laugh, which is which is very devil of him. <laughs> I, I, I'm glad he got the upper hand after <laughs> becoming clown shoes. <laughs> he really, so, he really yeah. did get pretty clown shoes there. All right. Uh, join us next week when we... Uh, uh, talk about something that's uh, really scary uh, in that outside of our world. Join us next time when we talk about probably not having sex with the devil, but maybe that. <laughs> it's a real coin flip with me, and I will flip that coin. Hey. Hey, uh, that was gross. I hate myself. Hey.